Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. Does voting make sense? Should citizens make the effort to participate in elections knowing that their vote will have no effect on the outcome? John Samples, Director of the Center for Representative Government, answers these questions. Should people vote? I think people in some general sense, should vote, but they should vote if they want to. I mean, there's countries like Australia and in the past some European countries require people to vote. They fine them. No one jails people, but they fine them if they don't vote. We don't do that, and I think that's part of what uh, commitment to liberty in the United States has brought about. You're not required to participate. People decide whether they want to vote. They decide whether they want to participate in politics. There shouldn't be anything the government does or groups of people do to prevent them from participating or voting. On the other hand, I don't think there's any good reasons why the government should require them to vote or should make efforts to get them to change their mind if they don't want to vote. People have the right to do it. They can if they want to. But if they don't want to, well, that's their choice too. I've heard arguments to the effect that voting costs more to individuals than the benefits they reap from the process. Yeah, that's the traditional argument among experts about uh, voting. It's not rational to vote because it costs a lot to do it. And when you think about it, that makes sense. I mean, if you're going to vote, you have to figure out who to vote for. You have to have some idea about who's running and you have to have some idea about the issues. You have to, in fact, be able to vote at least and have enough information at least to make a reasonable decision so you don't, say, vote for somebody you don't like or is going to harm your interest. So that's a cost. And, you know, I really find just getting to the place to be a problem. I find that here in Washington you have to get on a train, you go somewhere, you have to find the place, you have to stand in line and so on. I mean, it's it's a lot more costly than you would think. And trying to figure out how to do it is actually not all that easy sometimes. So there's all that. The benefits, though... There's one way of looking at it is that, you know, people expect whatever they expect from the people they like that they want to vote for. But their vote's not going to make that much difference to whether those benefits come into existence. You know, I mean, the probability that you will determine who wins is very low. So the benefits you expect from it are quite low. And given that, then all of that, then the costs are likely to outrun it. And so it's really hard to figure out why most people do vote. The answer is because people have a sense of obligation to do it. They might do it for its own sake. But I think really the sense that people have that it's a kind of duty in a democracy to do it is probably why people do it. Just on the cost benefits, you probably wouldn't get even we get between 50 and 60 percent of eligible voters and you wouldn't get that many. One Dr. Mark Osterloh of Arizona is seeking a ballot initiative that automatically enrolls voters in a $1 billion lottery in an effort to increase the benefits of voting relative to the costs. Yeah, this is a plan that's been going around for the past couple of months. I think they're going to vote on it in Arizona in the fall. And you have to ask, I mean, one question is, will it work? The idea is that if you give people a lottery ticket when they vote, they're more likely to come out and vote and you increase voting turnout, voting participation. I think it's unlikely to vote. I looked at uh, the number of people and the payout of a million dollars. It means that probably each person could expect something like 49, 50 cents. If someone's waiting for you at the polling precinct 
and you turn up and you vote and you do all of that, they'll give you two quarters for that. Is that going to get a lot of people to the polls? And the answer really, I think, is no, because if people aren't voting now because the costs are too big or because they're not that interested, 50 cents is not going to make that much difference for most people. But the real issue here is whether, you know, government should be involved in sort of trying to get people to do something that they have made other decisions about that they've chosen not to do. And that has to be because I think we want people to vote because there's some big benefit to society or to others. Because obviously there's not a big benefit to the people who don't vote. They don't vote. They make that choice. And there's not a lot of evidence that those benefits exist. I mean, the people who vote ideologically and in terms of political preferences are very similar to the people who don't vote. So the election outcomes would probably be about the same if everyone voted as opposed to the people who vote now. The reason people are interested in it and try to to bring it about is because they think that by participating in government, by being involved in politics, that makes you a better person, and the role of government is to make you a better person. And so you see this a lot, usually through government preventing people from doing things, like preventing people from uh, so-called victimless crimes, like gambling and prostitution, drug use, things like that. That's to make people better. Here we have the government really spending a million dollars or so of state money to make people better by getting them to the voting booth. Isn't weighing the costs and benefits of performing a civic duty a bit asinine? You don't do it because it benefits you, but because you're a citizen. Basically, the whole cost and benefits framework has not given us an adequate explanation because, as I said, you know, if you have about, you have between 15 and 60 percent of the people are voting, if they were calculating the uh, benefits and costs, you probably wouldn't get that many because really it doesn't make sense for most people. The costs are high enough and the benefits are low enough. You could just not vote and still, if you're a candidate, won, you would get the benefits. So it's not a good explanation. People vote for other reasons because they have a sense of civic duty, because they enjoy it. Some people compare it, for example, to cheerleading rather than playing the game. People like to be involved and like to express their opinion. It's a kind of, you know, expression of what you believe what you, and all of that. So there's lots of reasons like that. The thing about this is, though, this, is, uh, this proposal, lottery proposal, is kind of like trying to use the incentive-based economic logic for these kind of political paternalism, I think. It's kind of strange. I mean, you sort of have this moralism about everyone should be involved in politics, but it's chained to a kind of logic of why people want to gamble in lotteries and that kind of stuff. People probably vote for other reasons, and this is probably not going to have much of an effect on, on why they do vote. Voters are a self-selecting group, and non-voters, I think, differ substantially from voters in terms of their preferences. Don't we lose valuable information about the electorate by leaving non-voters out of the calculation? Voters and non-voters differ in some ways, and in some ways they don't. The way they differ is voters are likely to be more educated. Not surprisingly, if they're more educated, they're also likely to have higher incomes and a number of other different ways. So the electorate that actually votes is probably richer and more educated than the non-voters. However, when you look at partisanship 
and you look at ideology and things like that that determine how people vote for the most part, what you find is that the, the difference is slight. If everybody voted, you'd have slightly more liberal voters and slightly more democratic, but not a big and probably not a much to affect much of a uh, change in the outcomes of elections. So if you look at elections as a way of saying, well, what do the people of the, you know, the adults, what do they want? The reason that that can't work is because it's skewed by voters and non-voters being different in what they want. That's just not right. I mean, the evidence we have is that uh, if you select out the self-selected group of voters, stand pretty well for the whole society. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.